Welcome to the Radical Flow podcast. My name is Angela. Radical Flow is flow that's on a mission, and that mission is to create a much better reality for us all. Welcome to episode 24. My dad, bless his soul, was a powerful mentor in my life. He was one of those people who had totally eradicated the word impossible from his vocabulary. Instead, he dreamed up all these amazing things he wanted to do and experience, and then executed steps of whatever needed to happen to create what he was imagining. And because of that, he lived a life of adventure, creativity, and impact. He passed away almost six years ago. In his life, my dad built aluminum jet boats for a living. He supplied boats for every form of use, from pleasure boats to search and rescue boats to large passenger vessels, and he sold boats everywhere in North America and even as far as Egypt. He'd design them, he'd race them, and he'd simply find joy on any stretch of water he could drop one into. As kids, me and my siblings got to spend our weekends and summers running rivers, camping on beaches, and splashing around at our cabin at the lake. He even arranged school trips for me and two of my other siblings to take our classmates up the river for a really wonderful adventure. I'm sure they all remember. My dad was also a very charismatic person. His smile and the, his way of uplifting the room had everyone always gravitating toward him. He'd whistle and he'd yodel and he'd make the best breakfasts on campfires. He'd always be the one to instigate the evening party and then as soon as it kind of got rolling, he'd slip off to bed early so he could rise at dawn and greet the next day ready to create and enjoy his life. It was really rare to see my dad down. And when you did catch a glimpse of that, a time in his life when something was really struggling, you'd see his pocket full of pens emptied onto the table, drawing and writing paper spread out in front of him, and a cup of hot coffee with a Peter Jackson cigarette in his hand. He wasn't going to stay stuck in his rut. He'd be gazing out a window, dreaming his way out of whatever challenge he found himself in by using the creativity of his words and the sketches he could create to get him moving. Dad was cool, and even more so, he was a massive inspiration to me my whole life. Dad also had very practical wisdom to offer, and it usually came in the form of a boating analogy. All of us kids would pile into the boat the last one untying the rope and pushing off the shore as they jumped in. We'd float into the current as the engine fired and warmed. Dad would be standing at his seat, one hand on the wheel and one hand on the throttle, and then he'd turn to us and say, heads up, tails arising. This was code for pay attention, we're moving. Dad always told us that when you're running a river, you have to get up on step. Now, by get up on step, he meant throttle forward far enough to create enough power to get the boat up and on top of the water. Not enough power, and you just plow around with the nose of the boat in the air. And on that state, not only could you not see, but you had little chance of responding to the changing conditions that a river and its current would always bring. 
getting up on step meant applying enough speed to pop you up to ride in about four inches of water. This way, you could maneuver the boat to avoid obstacles, slide it onto its side, and on make any of the necessary turns that you'd need. If you applied too much throttle and moved too fast, well, then you'd lose your ability to react in corners and you'd slide right into trouble. There was a perfect amount of momentum, something you'd get a feel for, the sweet spot. And of course, that speed adapted to the kind of water you were running in. Sometimes slow and steady was what was needed, and sometimes fast and flying was the recipe. Dad's other piece of advice was clear and simple, and it applied to everything about running a river and having the life you wanted. It was simple. Keep the pointy end forward. You didn't want your boat running backward or sideways down the river. You had to keep your focus and the nose of the boat pointed wherever you wanted it to go. Now in life, you had to keep your focus on what you wanted to create and experience. Any deviation could send you off course or worse, set you into spinning in uncontrollable circles that may or may not work out in your favor. Now this never meant that you ignored what was behind you. You always learned from where you'd been and remembered what was important about that. But this was always filtered through a willingness to just let go of the past so you could focus all of your energy where you really wanted to go. My dad was a living example of this. He lived a life of creativity and adventure and inspired a whole lot of people into following their dreams, and in particular, a batch of six kids. He was also human with his faults and characteristics like us all, but he is one of my most impactful mentors, even now, even after he's passed. So why am I sharing my dad with you? Because his advice is simple, relatable, and important. Get yourself up on step and keep the pointy end forward. When we look at a flow cycle, we see a wave going up and going down. The wave goes up, it crests, it flows down into a trough, and then starts flowing up again. It's a wave. It's so easy to get stuck in the first phase of the wave, deep in the trough, in what we call struggle mode. And when we're here, we tend to be looping in our memorized patterns, living out habits that keep us down, pointing ourselves toward the past. If we focus too much on the suffering, well, we'll recreate it, and then we'll reinforce it. The next thing you know it, we're stuck. Anybody who has ever been stuck in a rut, for real, like on a road, knows that there is the same principles involved that Dad spoke about, about getting up on step. You need to create enough momentum to lift you up and out of the rut. But if you apply too much power, you just spin your wheels. Not enough, and you stay stuck. You need to find the sweet spot. Well, in a flow cycle, when you're stuck at the bottom of the wave, deep in circling struggle, the way to get out 
is to start with your mindset. Now in a moment, I'm going to go deeper into very strategic mindset training and flow dynamics. So I invite you right now, just take a breath, clear your mind, and settle in. And I'll share a story. My client, Joni, used marijuana her whole life to settle her system from years of childhood trauma. As a teen, she used to get high and escape. It was the way to cope. As an adult, she used it as a nightly medication to release herself from the stress of the day. Only after years of use, she felt kind of gummed up by it. Her mind was slow, her motivation was zapped, and the self-medicating no longer actually kept her from the pain she hadn't dealt with. It was creeping up through it. She was stuck in a rut. She'd whip herself into shame and promise herself to quit and then, like a full throttle going down, try to get herself out of the pattern. She'd get a little movement, but then a few days later, she'd slide right back in. When she came to me, the first thing we did was look at the marijuana differently. We saw it as a tool and really honored it for what it had done for her, how it had helped her cope so she could build a life. Instead of looking at it as something to be ashamed of, we looked at it like medicine. And instead of a full throttle cold turkey attempt to quit, we set her out to change her mindset first so she could find that perfect sweet spot of momentum so that she could make the shift and get herself out of the rut. Now the story is long and I'm gonna shorten it. Joni learned and practiced tools to understand how her body was now driving the loop of the cravings, the emotions, and the thinking patterns. And this gave her practices to be with those patterns and gently start shifting them. Eight months later, she put the marijuana away and has not looked back many years later. She continues to flow. So what exactly helped her find that sweet spot so she had just the right amount of power and momentum to get up and out of that rut or get up and over that wave? Well, she mixed a balance of being with what was real, meaning her habits and her patterns of coping, and she let herself hear what was being masked but with a newfound level of compassion and love for herself. She got comfortable in her rut, and she listened to what it was that the rut was trying to teach her. Truly realizing that what she was doing was a spectacular job of coping with life, with tools and awarenesses that she had at that time. Now she was increasing those tools and starting to pile up awarenesses. Instead of rushing home to self-medicate, or the opposite, trying to keep herself from it, she'd do it differently. She'd ask herself, do I want this? Do I need this? And then she'd wait. Sometimes she did. Sometimes the day and her nervous system and her mind were so rampantly out of control that she needed to slow it down. So she would partake and then allow the guilt and shame to just move aside, dissipate, 
And then she'd drop into appreciation for the relief that she felt, and she would thank the marijuana. Sometimes she wouldn't choose to participate. And she was now seeing how giving herself a choice in the habit allowed the habit itself to gain both perspective and confidence. Instead of her whole system telling her she couldn't live without it, her whole system was learning that she could. All of this wonderful practice calmed her nervous system. At the same time, Joni began doing the flow kundalini yoga practices, which of course are designed to strategically flush the nerves and the energy pathways of the body. And when that happens, it frees old stuck energy, emotions, thoughts, and it lifts old patterns to the surface so they can be cleared. Then she started running. Running really became something wonderful for her. She started feeling self-empowered. She no longer talked about herself to herself in such harsh ways. Instead, she journaled about the hidden thoughts and feelings that she'd been too afraid to face and instead built amazing resilience. And more so, she built trust. Her own internal little eye, as I call it, the personification of the information, her personality, her little eye learned that it was okay to be honest and to look at where the pain was because that part of her that was conscious and neutral was always there. She had already shifted from being caught in the loop of her own pain to observing the pain with compassion and patience, not pushing or rushing, not judging or measuring. She learned to face what is, and by doing so, liberated the energy that it had. And this is where the sweet spot is found. Now you remember, in addition to getting up on step, my dad also said, keep the pointy end forward. Not to ignore what's behind you, but to maintain your focus where you really want to go. Even as you processed where you were and where you'd been. When Joni was fully suffering before we met, her focus was fully in the suffering. She beat herself up, she judged herself, she told herself how she was doing everything wrong, and all the self-medicating just created more pain. If she'd been driving a boat, she'd have been doing donuts in the water. Once she relaxed her own judgment of herself and her habits, and began exploring the information within her with more neutrality, she was able to shift her focus from what was wrong to what she could learn about it. And more importantly, where she really wanted to go. Stepping away from a habit that was now hurting her more than helping her was her goal. And as she trained her mind to be okay with the struggle, to learn from it, and to release its energy, she was able to point her focus up that wave to the crest so she could slide down the creating side to new habits. Joni is an amazing human, one of the most powerful women I've ever met. People stuck in suffering often think the opposite. They think they're so weak and helpless. They're so flawed or broken, but nothing is further from the truth. They are 
dealing with enormous amounts of struggle and pain and pattern and program and emotions and thoughts and memories and traumas and that takes every ounce of energy in you they are powerful and Joni is a powerhouse and when she relaxed her self-judgment and turned her pointy end forward she found the power to pop up and out of that rut she rode up onto the wave riding its current all the way into flow. Now I could talk about this for days and days, and most especially about my dad, but I suspect you've digested the point I've tried to make. If you'd like to explore Flow Mind Mentorship, you can always reach out to me, connect at flowtribe.ca, and just put Flow Mind Mentorship in the subject, and I'll reach out with some information for you. Today, Joni is living a life of continuous flow. That doesn't mean that she doesn't have struggles. Oh, she has struggles. And she sees them differently. She sees them as these wonderful sources of energy that's trapped in patterns that no longer serve her. And so she knows that by finding her sweet spot, she can not only unpack the information she needs to know about what's in that struggle, she can use that energy to take herself right out of the habit, right out of the loop, right out of the rut, however you want to word it. And then she's up into discovering fresh new ways in which she can create and live the life that she wants. She is thriving on all levels, and I am so privileged to have gotten to work with her and gotten to know her. So I'll close out this episode now. And thank you once again for joining me in the Radical Flow podcast. It means the world to me that you do. And if you've enjoyed it, I'd love it if you'd go to your favorite podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, or Google, and subscribe. And until next time, we'll see you in the flow.